It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Today is February 11th, 2018. It'll be February 12th, 2018 if you're listening on Locked On Magic. My name, of course, is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as the host of Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast if you do not do so already for a daily take on the Orlando Magic at Locked On Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. On today's show, I'm going to quickly recap the Magic's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Let everyone filter in a little bit during that. You can, of course, leave a comment in the comment section if you're watching on Facebook Live. I want to interact with you. That is what the purpose of this show is, to answer your questions live, see what you're thinking, and talk about what you want to talk about. But I am also going to talk and recap the Orlando Magic's trade deadline, of course, the team trading away Alfred Payton, and what that means for the future. Let's stop looking back. Let's stop looking at what the Magic lost, what the Magic could have gotten. Let's talk about how the Magic move forward from here and what to expect the rest of this season. And then I'm going to talk, and then hopefully if we get to the end, I'll talk a little bit about the Magic's youth movement so far, this, uh, or at least at this stage of the season, and how players have continued to grow, and the Magic are seeing the fruits of that growth right now. But let's start with the game last night, the Orlando Magic taking on the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in, a, in, a, in a game that the Magic played well. Um, you know, I, I think that, and I, I mentioned this a little bit in, in, in my column earlier today, you know, Frank Vogel has said our team fought hard, and it, it had the whiff of moral victory talk, and I, I, I railed against moral victories a little while ago, but I think this time, it's not just moral victory, it's let's keep, let's keep the momentum up. This, the, the, this loss does not kill our momentum. We played well tonight. We just didn't make the plays down the stretch to win, and, and it's not that you can live with that, but those kinds of losses you can live with, I think, a little bit better than losses where you just don't have the effort. If a team is better than you that night, you tip your cap off to them and move on. That's something the Magic have not been able to do throughout the season, throughout the last few years. They, they take a defeat like this, and then they collapse. That's going to make Monday's game against the Chicago Bulls very, very interesting. But Orlando played an overall very, very good game. Um, I think that uh, the team was very active. Um, even though the shots weren't falling, the Magic shot, what, 42, 43, 44%, something like that. Um, but the team was... Uh, <laughs> The team, the team was just unable to get the lid off the basket. When they weren't getting to the foul line like they were in the first half, the team just could not make the shots they needed to. Milwaukee pulled ahead by what, five, six, seven points there in the fourth quarter. And every time it seemed like the Magic made a run, they couldn't get the stops. I thought the defense was a little disconnected. I thought the defense, uh, commu- defense defensive communication wasn't as strong as it's been over the last few games. And certainly the team's offense did not produce either. The shooting just did not come together to help the Magic uh, pull out the victory. Milwaukee, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo, fantastic game for Mimi at 32 points, 14 for 24 shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Magic really had no defensive answer for him. The really backbreaker was Jason Terry hitting three three-pointers in the fourth quarter, killed the Magic, um, killed all their momentum, uh, especially since Orlando was struggling to get shots to fall. There was a good stretch. Uh, there's a there's one play in particular in the fourth quarter. Magic had cut it down to three, um, but... Um, and I'll, I see your, your comments on Mario Zonia. I'll explain, explain that situation in just a moment. But um, there, there's, a, there's a moment where the Magic cut the lead down to three. I think they had an open three-pointer for Mario Zonia that Giannis closed out on perfectly uh, and forced Mario to kind of sidestep him, and he missed the three. The Magic get the offensive rebounds. John, Jonathan Simmons drives the basket and misses a, a difficult layup, uh, and, and the Magic are unable to get stops from there and fall 111 to 104. Uh, again, just it, it was a strange. It was it wasn't a strange game. The Magic just could not get shots to fall. 
They did enough to stay in the game, gave themselves a chance to win. Again, that's a lot of what you can ask for, uh, but unfortunately unable to pull out the win in the end. A, a difficult defeat only because of the effort the Magic put in. Um, obviously a lot going on. The Magic haven't won four games in a row since December 2015, so it, it felt like this was a long time coming for the Magic, uh, but they were unable to uh, pull out the victory in the end, and so they fall 111-104. to Of course, the Magic now, two games left before the All-Star break. They'll play the Chicago Bulls on Monday in Chicago, and then Wednesday against the Charlotte Hornets in the pre-All-Star game break, pre-All-Star break game, which is always an adventure. Uh, and then we're in the stretch run to the end of the season, about 20... 20 or so games left, uh, not not 20 because th that's in early March, but like 24, 25 games left. And so Magic still have a lot to do and still have a lot that they want to accomplish the rest of the season. Of course, the trade deadline passed on Thursday, February 8th. Orlando moving Alfred Payton for a second-round pick. It'll be the second most favorable of Phoenix's three second-round picks, likely to be Charlotte's pick, so beating Charlotte actually helps the Magic? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, but... Uh, it, it'll be a it, it's it's going to be an interesting run to the end of the season. I'll talk a little bit more about what I'd like to see from the team the rest of the season. I know I go against the grain a little bit on that front. Let's uh, take some of your questions here before we dive into some trade deadline talk and what comes next. Uh, Dondal Hampton the second asked the question that I think everyone is asking right now, asking me right now, or one of the many questions people are asking me right now. Any chance that the front office could reverse course and keep Mario Hazonia? I think they should. Uh, Wilson Reyes Navarez comments back, they should keep Mario, LOL, he's playing good, and he is playing very, very well. Donald Hampton uh, adds, I know they already declined the option of Mario for next season, so I'm not sure what the rules are, are on that. Um, let's, uh, let's dial it back here on Mario's arm a little bit. Um, the Magic declined his team option back in October, and so... That decision limits how much the Magic can offer him in free agency. As an unrestricted free agent this summer, the Magic are now limited to offering him a max of one year and a max of $5.2 million. The $5.2 million representing the amount he would have made under the option that was declined. So, theoretically, there is a possibility that the Magic could bring back Azonia on a cheaper number. There's a possibility uh, they can't sign him to more than one year, so that would have to be something that the two parties would agree with. Um, but ultimately, the decision on whether Mario Azonia plays for the Orlando Magic next year is in Mario Azonia's hands. As a restricted free agent, which he would have been at the end of next season, as a restricted free agent, uh, like they will with Aaron Gordon, the Magic would have the right to match any offer he received. That's thrown out the window with Azonia. Azonia will be an unrestricted free agent. It is up to Mario Hazonia to decide if he wants to stay with the Orlando Magic. So, entering the summer, that is the decision that the Magic have, or that's the decision that Mario Hazonia has. If the Magic want to keep Mario Hazonia, and at this point I say, why not? I, I thought it was always a mistake to decline that option because you just never know with a young player. You give him the opportunity um, he could develop into something. And the Magic, I don't think, are making any crazy moves over the next year. But I honestly think that... It's obviously a mistake to do this. But now it's... it. This is the situation. I, I, hear a lot of, I hear a lot of fans say, oh, the Magic made a mistake, yada, yada. Yeah, yes, they made a mistake. At the time, though, the information was, this guy is barely playable... He wasn't making a big impact at the beginning of the season. It, 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 it's not that it was a risk to decline his option, to, to take, pick up his, it was more of a risk to pick up his option than to decline his option. This was always a possibility that he did play really well, and, and Azonia has played very, very well. 23 points last night. Um, I think he was... He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but, but he was very impressive last night. He's been very impressive with his shooting, especially over the last few weeks. The problem with Mario Azonia has always been his shooting was not good enough to justify playing him because his defense is not good. But, over the last three weeks, four weeks, Azonia's shooting has picked up as he's gotten more playing time. You can feel the confidence that he has, and that's leading to better results and better outcomes for him. 
So I think that it's very possible that the Magic do want to bring him back. And I'm sure that they will sit down and talk about it and, and possibly even sign him to that one-year kind of tender deal. Especially because money's going to be so tight this summer. If, if, if that's the most Izzoni can make, maybe he takes it. I ultimately think that Mario Izzonia is going to be looking for a situation where he can play. I think that's ultimately what he wants. He wants to make sure that he will play. And so what the Magic do in the draft, uh, how the Magic play out their free agency, the kind of promises that they feel like they can make to Mario Izzonia, those are the things that are going to matter more in determining where Mario Izzonia heads this summer. That's going to go. That's going to be more important in determining what direction he decides to take his free agency. And if someone comes in and makes a big offer, then the Magic don't have control over the situation. I, I think it's less. I think it's less about um, what the Magic want, and now more about what Mario Izzonia wants. The ball is in his court to determine where he plays next season. So, good question. I get that question a lot, um, so it's good to, good to explain it here. Um, essentially, the Magic are very limited in what they can offer him, uh, and now it's up to Mario Izzonia to decide where he wants to play. Um, as Tyler Davis Honecker notes on the, uh, on the trade of Alfred Payton, this is the same front office who found Malcolm Brogdon in the second round, who's Rookie of the Year. I am cool with the pick. And the pick is going to come in the early 40s, it's looking like, uh, depending on how Charlotte does the rest of the year. Um, it's, the, it's the second most favorable of Memphis, Charlotte, and Miami. So you're probably looking at a pick in the early 40s, maybe the late 30s. Not a place that you're going to find a ton of talent. Um, Jeff Waltman's been saying this is where we found Wessel Wundu, and, and the Magic really like Wessel Wundu, and, and, and Wundu's very intriguing as a player. Uh, but don't... Don't pin star hopes on anyone that you might draft in, at that level. Um, it, it, it's always a, a little bit of a gamble. Um, but essentially, essentially, the Magic were trying to get rid of Alfred Payton. They knew that, that they weren't going to resign him, that they were going to move on. They wanted to make sure they returned some value for him. Not equal value, some value. And I think the Magic accomplished that goal in getting a second-round pick. So um, that's that's it's going to be interesting to say. Um, as Mark Ng writes... Not really Magic-related, but did you watch EP play in the first game with the Suns? If so, how do you think he played with that system? Um, I did not watch the game. Um, I saw some highlights. Uh, I, looked at the, I looked at the box score. It, it felt like a very typical Alfred Payton game. Um, I'll be actually on Locked on Suns on Tuesday to talk a little bit more about Alfred Payton. Um, I think that he I think that that he did what he does. Um, and, 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 I, and I always... And someone... Showed me the stat line. I said, that looks like a typical Alfred Payton game. You can put up numbers. You can put up stats. But the more important stat, the Suns lost the game. And I know they didn't. I don't think they have Devin Booker that game. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Payton develops. I think he will put up numbers. Um, if Magic fans are looking to say, why do we give this guy up? He's averaging 14, 15 points per game now and 6, 7, 8 assists. Phoenix's style is a lot more wide open than Orlando. He's going to have a little more, little, a few more shooters. He's going to put up numbers. Payton has always put up numbers. But the bigger question with Alfred Payton, and the reason why I think the Magic decided to move on from him, is the wins didn't follow those numbers. And that's what's most important right now for this team. And that's why I think that, uh, that, that the Magic decided to move on from Alfred Payton. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we talked a little bit about the trade deadline here. Of course, the Magic moving on from Alfred Payton, trading him to Phoenix for a second round pick. Like I said, is the second most favorable of the picks that Phoenix has in the second round. That would be Memphis, Memphis, Charlotte, and Miami. Um, difficult decision, obviously. Alfred Payton has been a four-year starter with this team. Um, guy that was drafted by the previous administration. It's no, I don't think it's a coincidence that Scott Perry with the New York Knicks, a former assistant general manager with the Orlando Magic, wanted to bring him into New York and, and was hoping to find a deal. And the Magic and Knicks just couldn't agree to a deal. It seemed like 
The Knicks wanted to add Joachim Noah to the deal with willingness to take on Bismack Biombo. And the Magic said, if we're doing that, you got to throw in Frank Tilakina. And the Knicks were not willing to do that. And the Knicks' second round pick was not as valuable as Phoenix's. And so New York moved on and got Emmanuel Moutier instead. Um, again, I don't think the Magic had interest in Doug McDermott. So I, I, don't, think there was a, I don't think there was a deal there. There's, there's nothing on that Knicks roster that I look at and say, the Magic got to have that. Magic got to get that. I just don't think that was the case at all. So or the, the trade deadline, I think Waltman said it best. You know, value is is very different than uh, than marketability. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what direction the magic or what direct you know how the magic handle trades in the offseason. I do think we will see some activity in the offseason with some of these core players: Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, for sure. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this group how, how things develop. And of course, we do have a little bit of short-term things to sort out with the roster and, and, and figuring out what the Magic's goals are for the rest of the season. At this moment, Orlando has one open roster spot, and it looks like they're going to sign a point guard after the All-Star break, a third point guard, which, of course, you need an emergency point guard. I would suspect that it'll end up being Troy Copain from the Lakeland Magic. Um, guy who's comfortable in the system, guy who's essentially been running point for the Lakeland Magic all year. Um, not the greatest shooter, a developing playmaker. He's not a natural point guard, but he's played very, very well at Lakeland, and, and I think that the Magic will probably give him a chance or give him a 10-day to see how he looks. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets a 10-day, goes back to Lakeland, they bring in another guy on a 10-day, see how he looks, uh, and then makes make decisions from there. This is this. That, that last roster spot is going to be a, a spot for development, a spot for um, kind of helping guys move along or helping helping build guys up. But, you know, I, I've honestly said this too. After the trade, I did not expect the Magic to start really playing young guys or, or for- focusing on developing their young guys until after the trade deadline. I suspected that Maurice Spates was still getting playing time um, because... There's a chance they might trade him. Maybe the chance that that they could help him get a buy, get a get a good deal on a buyout or whatever. Um, you know, I don't think we'll see a ton of Aaron Aflalo now that the that the all that the uh, trade deadline is passed. Um, I think Maurice Spates' role will diminish a little bit. Um, you you got to play Ken Birch. You got to play Wessa Wundu. On top of all this, the Magic have a lot of guys coming back right now. Terrence Ross is due back probably sometime in March. Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon should be back shortly after the All Star break. And I think Jonathan Isaac will not be too far behind them. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jonathan Isaac playing by the end of February, if not in early March. Um, he'll he'll play the last quarter of the season, I believe, and and that's I think that's the first week of March um, when the Magic play the Bucks next is is the official mark of the fourth quarter of the season. There is still a lot of sort out. How do you make sure these guys get their playing time? Nikola Vucevic, I think, needs to play in order to showcase that his hand is healthy and that he can continue to produce after the injury. Makes them more marketable for trades. Same thing for Terrence Ross. I think the Magic need to play Terrence Ross for at least a small stretch to prove that he is healthy and that he can play. But that creates some huge log jams on the roster. How do you make sure Mario Azonia keeps his minutes? How do you make sure Ken Birch keeps his minutes? How do you make sure Jonathan Isaac gets his time? How do you make sure Aaron Gordon gets his time? How do you make sure Evan Fournier is continuing to showcase himself you know, for a potential trade this summer? Some There are going to be players that get squeezed out. There, go, there have to be. This, this this team is just too loaded on some interesting players, but too loaded on players that um, need to be playing. Again, Ken Birch, Wesley Wundu, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Those guys need to be playing. And, and eventually you're going to bring in a third point guard from the G League. He needs to play too. So it, Frank Vogel has a good problem to have here. I, I really think this is a good problem to have. When you have a lot of guys that you need to play. Especially if you're still trying to win, which is, is another debate for another day. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all develops, I think. I think that the Magic can make all these pieces work. I think that they can come up with a plan. And Frank Vogel, I, th- I think it was Frank Vogel, it was either Vogel or Weltman said, that, they, that the full front office plans to get together and discuss how they're going to play out the rest of the season. Um, Vogel and the players will continue to push for wins. That's not what they're discussing. What they're discussing is, 
how do we build rotations? How do we make sure the guys that we want are playing? How, how do we make sure that we're getting the most information out of the end of the season? Because there, there's going to be a huge logging, specifically at center. Someone's going to have to sit out at center. Maurice Spates is the easy answer, but that doesn't solve everything, especially when Jonathan Isaac comes back and Isaac's playing power forward. And Hazonia has to, how do you get Hazonia in? Do the Magic even want to get Hazonia in? I think they do. The roster's very crunched right now. I mean, we've the Magic have played a lot of time this season at half strength. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. And in fact, you see guys with minor knocks, they'll probably sit out longer than they should. Like Aaron Gordon, honestly, if the Magic were in a playoff race right now, Aaron Gordon wouldn't be playing. I know that they're bringing him along slowly, but if, if the Magic were in the playoff hunt, I think Jonathan Isaac would be playing, I think Aaron Gordon would be playing, and I think Nikola Vucevic would be coming back much sooner than he is. The fact that the Magic aren't playing for the playoffs... There's no reason to rush any of these guys back. This is about long-term investments. The Magic aren't going to push Aaron Gordon to come back. They've made their decision on him. That's why they didn't trade him at the trade deadline. They're going to match whatever offer he gets. Nikola Vucevic. There's no rush to bring him back, although I think he wants to come back. Terrence Ross has slowly made his progress, and Jonathan Isaac's the best example. Jeff Weltman said Isaac's made a lot of progress. They decided to focus this season, while he's hurt on building his strength and, and building up his body, apparently he's gained 10, 15 pounds um, in good weight. Uh, and so eventually they'll get him back on the floor and see what he can do. It, it, it's coming. Um, it's been a long process, but it's coming for him. So it's the Magic are going to have to figure out this roster crunch. They're going to have to figure out a program and a system to make all these players work and work together. And, and that's going to be a somewhat difficult thing to do. But gaining this information is important. Gaining this information, um, getting some of these young guys out there, seeing what they can do in pressure situations is important. Having them play meaningful minutes is important. And getting these veterans that you might be looking to move over the summer is also important. So tricky balance that the Magic are going to have to play the rest of the season with their roster. I don't think they should treat this as if they're in the middle of a playoff hunt and simply play their best players just based on rotation. I think they do have to emphasize Wesawundu is getting this many minutes. Ken Birch is getting this many minutes. Or at least tonight he is getting this many minutes. And you correct and you teach and all that, but those guys have to play for this team. That's what this season is about now, is building up your future. Unfortunately, I think that's been something the Magic have actually been decent about. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely been decent about throughout the season. Um, more Mario Hazonia talk. I, I saw Donald uh, Hampton comment, I don't like Hazonia at power forward. I know he's producing, but you can't win with him at that spot long term. I talk to a lot of people who are big Mario Hazonia fans. And it's not that I dislike them. They're, they're, good, they're good people. They're cheering for their guy. Mario Zoni is essentially playing power forward to hide him defensively. Um, I don't think Vogel trusts him defensively quite yet. It would be interesting to see him play more three. I agree. I'd like to see the Magic, the, the way he's played lately, he should get some minutes at the three. And when Jonathan Isaac comes back, I suspect he will. I suspect when Isaac's back, that the Magic will play Hazoni at the three and Isaac at the four, or Isaac at the four and Hazoni at the three. And another thing the Magic need to do is make sure they play lineups with, with Isaac and, and Gordon together um, at the end of the season. Um, but I think we have to recognize that some of Mario Hazoni's success has been because he's a power forward. He is quicker than most fours. And that's enabled him to, uh, to, to get to the basket a little bit better, uh, get free for shots. He's helped spread the floor from that position. Uh, and, and so while he's not a natural power forward, and yeah, there are a ton of matchups where he just he, he has no chance defensively. He's really thrived in that spot. I, I, I don't think we can say that that he hasn't had success there. At some point, maybe the Magic do need to try him back at the three, uh, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily a, a, a clear direction the Magic need to go. Remember this about his own. And I, I bang this drum a lot, and it sounds like I'm hating, but I'm not. The goal for Mario Azonia this year 
was to become a rotation player. The goal for him was just to prove that he could play in the NBA. And over the last month or so, he has proven that. He is an NBA rotation player. Maybe not a high-level rotation player, but a rotation player. This season has been a success for Mario Zoni. I tell everyone this all the time. Do not expect fifth overall pick Mario Zoni. That player will not exist. Not, not anytime soon, at least. Right now, you just need rotation player Mario Zoni. And so Zoni has played great in this stretch. Don't get me wrong. He's been fantastic. He's worked well as a starter. But ultimately, he is probably a reserve player. He's coming off the bench. And that's fine. That's not a knock on the guy. The guy can play. But right now, I trust him more in that bench role than I do in that starter's role. I don't think, again, I don't think long-term this is where he fits on this team. Aaron Gordon is a better player. Evan Fournier is a better player. Evan Fournier does a lot of things Mario Zonia does, but more consistently on a night-to-night basis. Zonia had 23 points last night, shot, what, 4 for 10 against the Hawks? It's about consistency. And that's a, that's, that's a thing a lot of young players have to learn is what can you give me every single day? Every single night, what are you going to give me? And that's, that's something I bang on with, with Hazonia a lot. And right now we're seeing a lot of consistency from Hazonia. He's averaging 10, 11, 12 points per game pretty, pretty regularly uh, and, and shooting the ball fairly well, which is what the Magic absolutely needed from him if he was going to play. The reason Hazonia got benched last year was he was not hitting shots. He could not hit a shot. And that's the reason they drafted him. So now he's hitting shots, and he's playing. And his defense has gotten better, and he's gotten better as a player. And this is actually a really good thing, and I think says something bigger about the Magic overall. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Like I said at the end of or like I said earlier in the po- in the podcast today, uh, Frank Vogel has taken to, to, to his press conferences several times and said, our guys played hard today. I'm disappointed that we did not get the reward for our effort. You can see that our young guys are growing. And this was said back in December and January in the depths of, of the losing streak. And at the time, it, it really felt like kind of platitudes. Kind of a, a coach trying to keep it keep the team's spirits up or trying to paint some kind of positive picture to the media. Frank Vogel is an optimist. I, I, love, the, I, I love the guy for that. He is an optimist. I, I try to be an optimist, um, which is why I sometimes bump against people who who are ready to give up, but he was trying to find silver linings in in a season that was looking very, very dark. You know, I wrote that post a while back, about a month ago, talking about the silver lining that players were developing. Aaron Gordon was having a breakout season. Mario Zonia was breaking out and and looking more comfortable. Evan Fournier was was bouncing back to his his strong levels, And, and, and just for whatever reason, the Magic couldn't put all the pieces together. So while it whiffed of moral victory, which which I've railed against before, it was you had to at least acknowledge that, yeah, there might be something there, but it needed results. Saturday, Frank Vogel took the podium again and gave the same lines, the same lines that he's been giving all season. We played really hard tonight. I wish that 
we got the result our effort deserved. You can see how our, our young players are growing and contributing at a very high level. And this time, it didn't whiff of moral victory. This time it whiffed of fair analysis. It wasn't a silver lining discussion. This was a coach trying to keep his team's spirits up. This is a coach who is trying to tell his team, you are doing the right things. We can continue to build off the momentum we have. The Magic have won four of their last six games. And so now, at this moment of the season, when the Magic... I mean, again, this is a team that's 18-37. and 37, Winning four out of six games is not something to overlook. That is a good stretch of basketball, and the Magic are playing well. I expect them to compete and win on Monday against a very good Chicago Bulls team, or against a, a good Chicago Bulls team. So, when we look at this team now, we're seeing a team with young players who are finally delivering the fruits of their labor. And Mario Zonia, we've talked a lot about him throughout the show, Mario Zonia is the shining example of this. At the beginning of the season, the Magic gave Zonia the chance because they wanted to know, should we pick up this team option or not? And Zonia struggled. He looked very similar to the player that struggled last year. And so it felt like the Magic... Made the right decision, honestly. I, I, I don't think it was the right decision. But the team had plenty of information to suggest they should decline that team option. But they kept working with Azonia because the NBA is a weird dynamic. The coaches don't really care about the future of the team. They care about making the players on their team better for the now. And the Magic kept working with his own. After every practice and shoot-around, we'd see Hizonia going through drills to improve his finishing at the rim. We'd see drill, he'd be playing three-on-three -three with staffers and with other players. And when the opportunity for Mario Hizonia came around to play, you could see his growing comfort. You could see him getting better. Game by game by game. And now that confidence, that cockiness, is back. But it's not just that he's confident and cocky. And, and I think cocky's always been the wrong word with his own. He's, he's got bravado. But I always thought that it was a little bit of an act. What's different about Mario Zonia is he's playing within himself. He's not trying to force drives or trying to do more than he's capable of. He is contributing to the team and contributing to a role. He understands what his job is out there on the floor to do. You see, when he finds the opportunity to drive, he takes it. But no longer are you seeing wild forays into the paint trying to force things. Occasionally, you still do. He's a young player. He'll make some mistake. And so, the Magic will continue to get better as their young players develop. Kem Birch has been fantastic. And, and Kem Birch would say, at the beginning of the season, I probably wasn't quite... He felt like he was ready to make the NBA jump. But at the beginning of the season, he said, I probably wasn't quite ready to play major minutes. Some time in the G League, some time playing with the, with the players on the roster. He gets his opportunity against the Lakers, and he flourishes. And defensively, he's someone that the Magic trust a whole lot. You don't see a lot of teams playing three-center rotations. The Magic are doing it and doing it successfully. Wessa Wundu is another player. Frank Vogel called a Wundu probably one of the better defenders on the team, which is saying something for, for a rookie. And he's a player that the Magic seem to inherently trust. 
And he's going to continue to get more minutes, and he's got to get more confident with a shot, and that's something the Magic have to work on. All three of these players represent players who have grown within this Magic system. And a lot of people make a big deal out of player development, as they should. The Magic struggle to, to get that player development. I, you know, I see the, the familiar comment, you know, Donald Hampton writes, the Magic give up on players way too early too often. I don't know if that's 100% true because when you add finances to the mix, it's tough to know when to invest in players. It's essentially the Alfred Payton thing. Alfred Payton's going to put up numbers in Phoenix. Did the Magic give up on him too soon? No, they just they weren't willing to pay him. Victor Oladipo admitted he would not have grown into the player he is today if he stayed in Orlando. At the time, the Magic weren't willing to give him a max contract. It's averaging, what, 14, 15 points per game? Sporadic, offensively. Didn't really fit whatever vision Rob Hennigan had. And, and yes, there were mistakes made, and, and that front office is fired. I don't think it does us very good to, to look back at what they did. Or look back and, and hold that against this current team. This current team is a different team. This is year zero of a rebuild. But yeah, the Magic's player development wasn't fantastic. The Magic's culture development wasn't fantastic over the last five years. And that's why, I mean, no offense to you, Zaheer. Um, Zaheer Hannibal Rahim writes, I'm sorry, but I want the dra to draft a cornerstone player. The season is over, but I still want to see Isaac develop the development this year when he gets healthy. And I think that's all good. I do think the Magic need, when Isaac's ready to go, they need to play him. When he's comfortable, play him heavy minutes. Play him with Aaron Gordon. Those are things the Magic do need to learn. Those are things the Magic do need to see. They need to keep playing Cambridge. They need to keep playing Wessel Wonder. They need to come up with a, a plan to showcase the veterans that they need to showcase to prove that they're healthy and, and, and get them pumped up for trades but also make sure they're playing guys who are going to be part of this team's future one way or another. But as I tell everyone, the draft is a crapshoot. There are six or seven really good players in this draft. I don't see any of them as franchise changers. And I do honestly believe that. I don't think, I don't think there is a... There is no LeBron James, Kevin Durant in this draft. There are some very good players, but they all have very big flaws. And so I think it's just as important for the Magic to get a high draft pick, which, again, is kind of out of their control. They're, they're going to land where they land, and the ping-pong balls will land where they land. I do think building culture, building a development culture, building a culture where there's an expectation of winning is far more important for this group and for this team. The Magic are not going to be able to remake this whole roster in one summer. Fans are inevitably going to be disappointed that a cert, uh, that player X is going is still on the team that the Magic could not find a deal for him. I'm, I don't know who that player is going to be. The Magic will begin flipping over the core, but it's not going to be finished this year. And obviously, fans are disappointed that Mario Zoni is probably going to be gone too. And so. And so it, it's, it's, it's definitely important for the Magic to keep developing these young players and focus developing these young players because they are seeing it work. They are seeing the fruits of this hard work. And if anything, that builds confidence in the coaching staff that, yes, we can make players better. Yes, we can make them contributors within the same season. And that what we're doing, and have confidence in the things that they are teaching for the next group of guys. All that is important. All that builds on itself. And the Magic are going to win some games. They are too talented not to, especially with the way they're playing and the confidence they seem to have again. For whatever reason, the team wasn't able to put it together sooner, wasn't able to stay in the playoff race, and wasn't able to push themselves to, to a higher level. That speaks to a lot of things that need to be rooted out of this, this, this team and this program and this franchise. But slowly but surely, they are. Slowly but surely, they are. 
And so the Magic do have something positive to cling on to the rest of the season. I really believe that. I really do believe that the silver lining that the Magic's young players have developed, whether they're going to stay with the team or not, is something positive to point to with this group. The Orlando Magic, indeed, I think, are heading in a positive direction. And whether you are for tanking or against tanking, seeing young guys come together, build off their success, and win games, I think is only a good thing for this franchise. There's a lot to do still in the last 28 games, 25 games or so of the season. A lot to do, very clearly. The trade deadline was not the end. They got a lot of veterans that are coming back that need to play. They got a lot of young guys that are still on the roster and are coming back that need to play. They got a lot of things to learn. And so figuring out the right mix, figuring out how to make all these disparate pieces work is absolutely critical to this team and this franchise's success. I want to thank everyone again for for watching today's Facebook Live. Any last-minute questions, be sure to get them in the comments. I'll answer them here as I go through my clothes uh, a little bit. i see some discussion here on Aaron Gordon and his future, um, the, 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 the decision to move on from Victor Oladipo. And while I agree, Donald, that, that we did see some of this from Oladipo, it was far from consistent. Remember last year, everyone was saying Oladipo was overpaid. Um, so I, I think that, um, I, I think that the, the magic, uh, are, um, I think that the magic made both the, the right decision and the wrong decision. I, the way I've always described the Victor Oladipo trade is it was an appropriate risk. The player they got back was probably not the player they should have gotten back. They maybe should have waited, um, or tried to make both the Oladipo Fournier thing work, which I actually did think worked. Uh, but... Um, Orlando was kind of too invested in Alfred Payton, I think, and, and it, was, it was never going to work between Oladipo and Payton. Um, Oladipo needed to learn how to work, how to really work. Um, and he wasn't learning that in Orlando because the, the Magic just did not have a good system for player development. Um, I think that the Magic are trying to improve that, that culture. And we're seeing it, I think, in this stretch of games where Hazonia's played really well, where Ken Burch has played really well, where Wundu's played really well. Where, you know, the Magic have found ways that, like, look at the way DJ Augustin has gotten better. Um, it was a bad fit, but Oladipo would not have been what he is in Indiana in Orlando. I am convinced of that. He was benched for legitimate reasons that final season in Orlando. But we'll never know. So let's move on. It's done. That, ma- that front office was fired. Um, you, can't, you can't say that the Magic give up on players too soon. Because there's a new front office, they have not had that opportunity to do that. They haven't done anything, so it's done. Let's. I think. I think we need to move on from Victor Oladipo. I'm happy for him. He's a good, good kid. He is. He has earned and worked hard for what he's done. I don't believe he would have become this in Orlando. I really don't. Um, it, it that that's just what I saw. I saw a player who was just very frustrating to watch at times. Freelanced way too much. Wasn't as committed defensively as his reputation. Uh, put forth, and, and a player that I wasn't willing to pay a max contract to, and that's why I thought the trade was an appropriate risk. It wasn't a good deal, but it was an appropriate risk. Um, but again, you look at the way the Magic are developing young players now, I think that that's a positive sign. I think that kind of solves a lot of the problems that we're seeing, and I'm confident when Jonathan Isaac steps back on the floor, he's going to be a better player. I'm confident that Aaron Gordon has, has improved a lot, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of it's his own hard work. But I think the Magic could put him in good positions to succeed. Um, I think that you know they've they've worked Ken Birch along correctly. They should have played him maybe a little bit sooner than they did, but now that they have, we're seeing exactly what his development can be. So definitely some some good things there. Um, looking through the comments. Marking says Aaron's going to end up like Blake Griffin. I feel like relying too much on his athleticism right when he turns old or injury. Who's his step? It's yeah, that's that is a big risk with Aaron. He's had a lot of injuries, um, but he's still a long way from thirty. When we get to thirty, at the end of this big contract he's about to sign, that's when you have that debate. Right now, I think he's worth the risk. Um, you know, if we're going to compare it to Victor, I think Aaron Gordon has done more consistently this season in one year 
than Victor Oladipo did his entire career um, in Orlando. Um, I, I think Aaron has proven himself worth the max, worth the investment, whereas Victor was, you knew he was closer to his ceiling, um, you know, at the time because he's a little bit older, uh, but wasn't as comfortable paying him as much as I'm comfortable playing uh, Aaron. So we'll we'll see what the team what the team does. Uh, like I said, so here I, I do suspect Isaac will get big minutes. Um, they'll they'll work him back slowly. They're not going to throw him in for 30 minutes right off the bat. He'll play 15, 20 minutes a game his first five or six games back, and then slowly but surely they'll increase it. I think we will see Isaac and Gordon playing together a lot um, toward the end of the season. Um, when when Isaac's comfortable. It's all about when Isaac's comfortable, when Isaac's ready to take the next step. The Magic aren't going to rush him into anything. And, of course, he'll have summer league to get better. He'll have the summer to get better. And the next season will be a, a big season for him as, as he develops, just to make sure that he's taking those steps forward. And like I said, the way the Magic have, the way the Magic have developed their guys, um, I think this season has been really, really positive. Um, Donald Hampton asks, how about the draft? I think we should take Aiton or Bagley if we end up picking one or two. But Trey Young has to be the pick if it is three or later. Um, depends where the Magic land in the draft. I, I think there are six or seven really good players in this draft. Um, there are a lot of there 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 are a lot of bigs in this draft. Um, I don't think this is a draft to go point guard hunting unless you get Trey Young. If I'm drafting one or two, I'm drafting Doncic or Aiton. Um, Bagley, I, I I don't see Bagley as a center at the NBA level. I do need to watch him more. I completely agree with that. Um, so I don't want to have any definitive opinions on on Marvin Bagley. Uh, but Really, to me, Bagley and Porter are the two guys that I'm not really looking at as closely because the Magic have those positions filled. If the Magic are going to invest long-term in Aaron Gordon and they have Jonathan Isaac, their three and four spot for the next five years is settled. And I don't want to disrupt any of that. So I don't want to draft the Bagley, who I don't view as a center. Maybe you do, and and if you do, then he should be in the consideration because he's very, very good. Um, I don't look at Porter, especially with the back injury, um, as closely. Uh, but I do like DeAndre Ayton a lot. Um, I think he's he's really good. I, I I hate how Arizona has him playing out of position. Um, Luka Doncic is is the best player in this draft. Uh, no one is talking about him. Luka Doncic is the best player in this draft. Um, let's 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 uh, let's just get that out of there. If if he if if the Magic are picking first, I am I am very hard pressed not to take Doncic. Um, play him as a big point guard, I don't know. Uh, you, you have to figure some things out with him uh, with the way this roster is set up, but but he is very, very good. Um, Aiton's very, very good. Trey Young is very, very good. Um, you know, you, you go down the list. Mo Bamba, I think, would fit this roster really well at center. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. might be better than Mo Bamba, even as a shot blocker. Um, I think Jackson could be a really, really good pick. And if the Magic are picking fourth, or if the Magic end up picking fifth, and they end up with Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, there are some other good players in this draft. I haven't gotten super deep on the draft, uh, but um, I, I, I tend to wait until the draft order is set before I really focus in on specific players. The top of the draft is good. I've watched a bunch of players from the top of this draft. I haven't gotten so much into the meat of the lottery yet, um, but I, I tend to I, I tend to want to wait for the lottery order to be set because we don't know where the Magic are picking. Right now, the Magic, I think, are slated with the fifth best odds in the lottery. That's going to change over the course of the season for better or for worse. Um, and then it's a lottery. And then you never know what can happen on lottery night and then how things can change. And that's completely up in the air and completely unknown. So you don't want to... I, I would I would advise people, don't focus on individual prospects. A lot of people are saying, we got a tank for Trey Young. We got a tank for DeAndre Ayton. Um, don't do that. You're going to end up disappointed. Um, wait for the lottery, and then start backing your guys once you know where the Magic are going to pick and who the Magic might have available. Um, a lot of people have forgotten about Colin Sexton at Alabama. Very good point guard. Very good player. Um, hasn't had quite the consistency this season that a Trey Young had, but he started up at the at the beginning of draft evaluations in the 4, 5, 6 range in that group. He's dropped a little bit, would be available in the 7 to 8 range, and if the Magic ended up with Colin Sexton... That's not a bad thing either. I think he fits what Jeff Weltman, the, the profile of a Jeff Weltman, John Hammond player a lot better than Trey Young does. And while he's not the supremely special shooter that Trey Young is, he's a very good offensive player too. He can he can hit threes. Um, good def- good defender too. Uh, you, you know, consistency has been his issue this year. Uh, but he's a player to watch as well. I'd also take a look at Mikal Bridges from Villanova. Very good 3 and D player. Probably 
Nikal Bridges might be the best bet at a solid rotation player um, in this draft that, that I've seen so far, at least among the the non the non uh, the elite guys that, that we're talking about. So um, there are definitely guys to take a look at throughout the draft. Um, you know, you never know who the next Donovan Mitchell is going to be. Um, I, I saw an interesting stat over the last like ten years. There's been as many all-star players drafted 10th as there have been drafted first. And while obviously when you're drafting first, there's a better chance you'll get an all-star player, you can still find value at the end of the draft. No one knows exactly how these guys will develop. And again, with the player development that the Magic have had of late, or at least through through the season, maybe something can grow. Uh, so you, you take whatever asset you get and you make the best of it. I think that's always that, that was something that Rob Hennigan did not do very well. Um, it, it seemed like everything was banked on getting that superstar player in the draft. They didn't, and they didn't quite know how to react. I don't think that this front office will play things that way. Plus, Aaron Gordon's looking like he's, he could be a future all-star as well, so maybe the Magic already have one in their camp. If there's no other questions, that's going to do it for me. I want to thank everyone again for watching today's Facebook Live, listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. And of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. You can subscribe to the podcast Locked on Magic for a daily take on the Orlando Magic at Locked on Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. I'll be a guest on Locked on Suns on Tuesday, our Wednesday show, I guess, because I'm recording on Tuesday, um, talking about Alfred Payton. So if you want to join join that, you can check out Locked on Suns uh, later on this week. Um on top of all that, you can, of course, follow the follow Orlando Magic Daily if you haven't already on Twitter at Daily, And, of course, if you haven't already and you somehow discovered us, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Daily. to weekly Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live just like this one where I answer your questions and talk about big issues with the Orlando Magic. There will not be a Facebook Live next week for the All-Star break. I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the podcast starting on Thursday, starting uh, Friday. So only four episodes of the podcast this week. Um, this is a, as an announcement. I'm going to take a little bit of an all-star break. I'm probably going to take next Sunday and Monday off as well before we dive into the second half of the season. Just a deep breath as the season comes to an end. But I want to thank everyone again for watching today's episode. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter, philbar underscore omd. Check us out on orlandomagicdaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic. And we'll see you again in two weeks for another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.